On this week's episode of Cultivating Her Space, we need to, as much as we can, lean into our joy because this world, if we let it, it is dark. There are a lot of lessons that we can learn about leaning into our imagination, leaning into our joy, and celebrating our kids. Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or appreciate anything from this episode, please leave us a review to let us know we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit cultivatingherspace.com to access our exclusive after show and other bonus content from the Patreon tab. Welcome to Cultivating Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. All right, ladies, today we have a very special guest in Cultivating Her Space. Her resume and experience exudes Black girl magic. And when you think of her, you might think of career goals or black excellence or something else that's just amazing. Okay. So just get ready, get ready for this bio y'all. Okay. Clotilde Ewing is vice president of strategic communications for the Chicago community trust. She served in mayor Rahm Emanuel's administration as the chief of strategic planning and as the director and on the record spokesperson for president Obama's reelection campaign, leading its community press efforts. Ewing started her career in TV news, first as an assignment editor and producer at CBS News before moving to The Oprah Winfrey Show as a producer. Her goal is for people to see more children of color in books that are not primarily defined by race or struggle, but by belonging and joy. A graduate of Syracuse University's SI Newhouse School of Communications, she currently lives in Chicago with her husband and two children. Clotilde, welcome to Cultivating Her Space. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. And yes, I know this is a real space and you just saw my my husband trying to whoosh my daughter up to bed at, let's see, 30 minutes past her bedtime. So this is real. Yes, it is. And I mean, how fitting that they walked by right as Terry was mentioning your husband and your how two children. It? I mean, they found that perfect. As yeah. if on cue, as if on cue. Yes. I did not produce that moment, though. I promise you, because <laughs> if I did, she would have been asleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we appreciate that authenticity and we are so excited for this conversation. So we are going to get started with our quote of the day. Now, Clotilde, this this quote will sound really familiar to you because mm. we've been in your Instagram. Okay. Uh-oh. Okay. Now, this quote is one that you have in your home that you posted on your IG account. Fight for the things that you care about, but do it in a way that will lead others to join you. 
And that quote is from the late Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Supreme Court Justice. Let me let me put some respect on her name. Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Mm-hmm. And for the folks in the back, I'm going to say it one more time. Fight for the things that you care about, but do it in a way that will lead others to join you. So, Clotilde, why is this particular quote so important for you? Mm. Well, so I will say I introduced my kids to Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I, I wish I could say I introduced them to her and all that she had done while she was living, but it was, it was sadly after she had passed and wanted them to know more about her and, and her own fights for equality and for making my life easier and that of my my daughter, I hope. But I like that quote a lot because there are all kinds of things in this world that can fire us up and upset us on any given day in any given hour. And we have a choice. We can be upset about it or we can try and harness that frustration for good. And we can try and do that in a way where we can bring others along and hopefully activate change. And so I like to look at that as I'm leaving the house every day. I like that to be up as just a reminder for my children and for my family and for people who come into this home. So I love powerful, that. Right? It's so yes. powerful because you really can't do the work by yourself. We need the community. We need mm-hmm. to galvanize folks that have the same beliefs. So thank you for sharing your perspective on that. You're welcome. You're welcome. And, you know, as you, as you had mentioned, I've got two young, two young kids. They are, my son is, let's see, about 17 days from being seven. So I gotta, I gotta be careful here. He is almost seven and my daughter's eight and a half. And I don't think you're ever too young to learn that lesson. You're never too young to learn that or too old to learn it. So you know, I try and, I try and put little sprinklings of sayings throughout the house. It's just good reminders on, on the people that we want to try and be and and the change we want to try and bring in this world. Yes. And it'll be so amazing to see how those seeds you're planting now will manifest in the future, because that's a powerful lesson to learn at such a young age. So kudos to you, mama, for doing that work we right will now. See. We will see, because I can say right now, they are not always using that force for good. Sometimes it's about advocating for more ice cream. Sometimes yes. it's about bedtime. It is not yet these like social justice issues, but I'm hoping those come. Yes, yes. Totally yes. understand. Because I was going to say, I'm, I'm always advocating for my ice cream too, but that's, right? that's a story for another <laughs> <Right>. day. <laughs> but one of the things, Clotilde, that we'd love to ask you is, can you just talk about your origin story? You have such an interesting, inspiring, and incredible career so far. We know that there's more to come now, but what is your origin story? And how did you begin your career in journalism and strategic communications? Yeah. When I was in high school, I thought I wanted to be a TV news reporter. So I thought, all right, Mm -hmm. what does that mean? That means I'm going to go to journalism school, learn how to do that. Went to Syracuse, great school for journalism, and really enjoyed my time there. But once I found out I could work in news and be behind the camera, I was like, sold. Sign me up for that. Sign me up for that. So I became a producer. I was able to move to London right after school. So I was there for four years, then came back to DC, worked there for a year again in news. And I decided I wanted to work for the Oprah Winfrey show because that was the height of the show. And what young, old woman, man wasn't watching that show. I just loved it. And so 
in my mind, I decided this is what I want to do. So I send off a little resume to the HR director and a cover letter. I got a nice rejection letter back, but I didn't tell anybody about it. I put it in my drawer and I decided this is what I'm meant to do. This is what I'm going to do. So I wrote a, a letter to an email at that point to friends and family. And I said, this is what I want to do. Do you guys know anybody who knows Oprah or somebody who works in the show? Do you know somebody who knows somebody? Do you know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody? I was just determined. And I got a couple bites out from that. And then I also sent an email to an email and letter to everybody at the credits at the end of the show. And thankfully, got an interview and ended up working there. My first day of work, I love telling people about this. My first day of work was actually the day of the infamous car giveaway. So I'm sitting outside the studio and I hear all these, yes, you get a car, you get a car, you get a car, you get a car. And so that was my first day. So I'm like, oh my, what did I get myself into? Because I came from news. This was very different, but it was it was the time of my life. I was able to work with so many smart, fierce women. And I feel that between that experience and my parent and my parents really instilling in me that I could do whatever I put my mind to, I was set up to truly believe that and tackle what came next, what came next. So whether that's politics, whether that's where I'm at now at the Chicago Community Trust or, or writing books, it was it was that experience. It was pivotal for me. Hey lady, it's Terry here. Dom and I want to take a moment to thank you for choosing to listen to our podcast. We love you for real, and we want to give you a chance to learn more about what's important to us. So tell us what you think about this. Imagine a world where you have a chance to get featured on the Cultivating Her Space podcast and share your business, brand, or perspective with millions around the globe. Imagine joining our monthly virtual video check-ins where you can connect with like-minded Black women like you, and share your ideas and episode suggestions with Terry and I. Now I want you to imagine a world where you're in the exclusive Cultivating Her Space Sanctuary Slack channel and throughout your day and week, you are conversing with us about what's happening in your life and sharing funny gifts and your personal wins. How does that sound? Hopefully this is up your alley, lady, because we are taking things to the next level this year and we're doubling down on investing in our community. That means you. Yay. We want to meet you, connect with you, and create communities of genuine women who love on Black women and push our culture and movement forward. We launched this podcast in 2019, and to date, we have not missed a week. We've been great stewards of our platform, all while working full-time and navigating our own ups and downs. We release fresh new content every single Friday, like clockwork, and we have hundreds of valuable episodes and workshops that can really help you uplevel your life. So if you love our mission or you've gotten value from us, we invite you to give back and help us push this community effort forward. Visit herspacepodcast.com and click Patreon. You can learn more about our goals and exclusive offerings on Patreon, and we highly highly encourage you to join the sister frontier so that you can get some one-on-one time with us. We also have an option for you to donate on a one-time basis if that meets your needs. Again, herspacepodcast.com and you can click that link that says Patreon. All right, lady. We'll hop right back into the conversation. That's so powerful. 
I just have a quick follow-up question. Yes. Because how do you go from getting a rejection to I'm going to put this in my drawer and this is like, I'm destined for this. Cause mm-hmm. I feel like most people will be like, well, Oprah said, they said no or whatever. But like you were like, oh, okay, this is my motivator. What, how, how does that happen? You know what? I, I have got to give my, my late grandmother credit for that. I remember I was heartbroken at the time. We were very, very close and I remember when I found out that she was keeping from many of us, my mom knew that she had breast cancer. She, my, my mother made her tell the rest of us right before her surgery. And I get why. She calls me at school. She's about to go into surgery. And I'm making this about me. I start crying. I'm like, are you going to be okay? Oh, but grandma. And she had to do, I don't know how many calls like that going into surgery. And what what that taught me and what she said to me, she said, I knew that it was not my time. I knew that I had this. She had done her therapy. She she had the right mind space going into it. And she didn't want to put out into the universe anything else. And so I think that was similar for me with that rejection letter. I knew that wasn't the end for me and that experience. And so I, I read it. I absorbed it. I wasn't in denial that that letter came. I kept it for some reason, but I didn't feel a need to put out into the universe and talk to people about that because I knew that my, my journey wasn't over. And so I just, I I pivoted and I went to plan B. Yes, I love that. And so, all right, I have, I have another follow-up question. Please, please. (laughs) So oftentimes, you know, so one of my favorite phrases is trust the process, right? And part of that trusting the process is recognizing that sometimes a door, one door might be closing so that we can be ready and available for a door that's going to open that we're supposed to go through, right? Not necessarily the one we envisioned or the one we had in mind, but the one we're supposed to go through. And so in that moment, when you got that rejection, right, what advice would you have for someone who's getting a rejection letter and trying to discern between this is the door that is supposed to be closed and this is the door that I need to push to go through. I think they need to A, decide how badly they want it. And I think they need to also think about what they're willing to do to get it. And, and, and sometimes what you really want or what you think you really want is not going to be easy. You're going to need to work for it and you're going to need to try and be patient. I'm not going to pretend I was doing the happy dance when I got the letter or that I wasn't disappointed. I was because I wanted it like that. I, I thought I'm going to send this off. I've got a pretty good resume. I grew up watching the show. I was a big fan. I was a journalism major. I, 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 but it wasn't my time yet. It wasn't my time yet. And so I think being patient, even though it may be hard at the time is, is worth it. 
Beautifully stated. So inspiring already. And we're only a couple minutes in. This is just about to get better and better, y'all. So get ready. Okay. So Clotilde, can you talk to us a bit about transferable skills? Like what were some of the skills that you, I guess the skills that were cultivated in the beginning of your career, right? So being a before, even before being a producer on the Oprah show, but also working with President Obama for his reelection, what were some of those skills and how did you use those for your children's book series and becoming a children's book author? Great question. I, and I, I'll, I'll talk about myself, but I, I hope that these skills are transferable regardless of, of what someone's doing. I think for me, one of the things that has worked in the jobs that I've done best at are mission aligned jobs. So I've been very lucky that I have believed deeply in in the work that I have I have done. I believed in the people, I believed in the mission, and that made it feel less like work. I mean, it's still a job, but it made it feel less like work. Another thing that I think has been really helpful is that I early on in my career in news and then and then with the election as well you need to do whatever it takes to get the job done and and that means sometimes long hours that means in the similar way when i got the rejection letter okay what's plan b that means sometimes you need to figure out plan b plan c plan d plan e to get to where you need to get to and then also just a strong idea of where you want to go. This doesn't mean you need to know where you're going to be at 50, 60, 70, 80. That's not realistic. But like, what's your what's your North Star? What's your North Star? What are you working towards? I was just going to say, I love that. It sounds like a vision yeah. and just having an idea of like the ideal life that you want and not necessarily focusing mm-hmm. on what's in front of you. I mean, that's important, yes. but also having like the big picture vision. Yes, I'm a big fan. I've got a I've I've got a vision board. I've had a vision board for years. I I'm not sure if that is something I would have had if I didn't work at Oprah, but it is something that I've had for many years, probably a good 15 plus years. And then before that, I've had it at different phases. And you know, the things the things that are on there may look different today than they did. 10 years ago, but directionally, a lot of the stuff is, is the same. And, and I believe in that idea that you need to see it to, to work toward it. You need to see it to believe it. And that, that can be words on a board. That can be a picture. That could be, you know, like one of the things for me that I put on my vision board about a year and a half ago was a, a picture of a bunch of girlfriends on a girl's trip because it had been a long time mm-hmm. since I had done something like that. And I needed that, like my soul needed that. And, you know, I ended up going on one and it was such a good experience. So sometimes it's, it's the job stuff, it's the house stuff, but sometimes it is just like having that time to be with, with your girls. Yes, yes. I'm a big advocate of a girl's trip or just a, a quick weekend getaway time with time to refill your cup. Yes. And so what you mentioned having a North Star. What is your North Star? So I feel very lucky that in my 
professional and personal life, there's, there's, there's alignment, but my, my North star right now that I feel most committed to is the work that I'm doing in, in the children's children's literature space. And I hope that that's just the beginning, but I feel like I am meant to be doing this. It feels extremely personal to me as a mother, as a black woman myself who grew up reading I feel that this is this is my my mission. This is my mission. Flotil, we are just getting started, but we want to just take a moment to shift up the energy of yes. this conversation. Okay. Okay. All so, right. <laughs> you're like, okay, what's coming? I'm like, uh oh, so I need a glass Uh-oh. of wine. <laughs> yes. Oh, this would be the perfect time to get a glass of oh. wine for sure. <laughs> so. Because we recognize, appreciate, and celebrate the multifaceted woman, and we believe that it's okay to be bougie and classy Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. ratchet, we believe that you can still be elegant and dance to strip club music if you so choose. So we would like to invite you to the OU Blatchet segment. Do you take on the challenge? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I take it. All right, we got her, dog. We got her. I think so. <laughs> so now that you've agreed, Clotilde, we're going to tell you what to expect. Okay. So we're going to ask you three questions. We're going to share three sentence completions. And then we have three photos pulled up of you that will show you on the big screen. And we want you to choose a number from one to three and we'll reveal one photo. And we want you to tell us something about the photo that we would not know just by viewing the photo. And that is okay. the OU Blatchett segment. So we're going to dive in with our okay. first question. We're going to ease into this for you. Okay. The first okay. question is, what's the best piece of wisdom or advice you've ever received? Do you and don't worry about what other people think. Yeah. Okay. That was uh, also yeah. from my grandmother. Do you? Do you? I was going to say, that sounds come, like grandma wisdom. Come through yes. with the grandma well, wisdom. She, she would say that and don't ever 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 leave the house without your rouge on oh yeah so she would yes yes she would say that too she would say that too okay (laughs) or the high heels that's that's not me though oh number two okay yeah (laughs) okay so our next question i have four words for you work or two-step two-step Okay. Ain't nothing wrong with okay. you, right. you know, you're, right from, you're from Chicago. I, 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 I see it. Okay. I'm going to say two-step. I'm going to say two-step. You don't want to okay. see it, but I'll tell you two-step. <laughs> you, y'all hear that? You don't want to see it, all right? <laughs> you don't want to see it. You'll just have to trust. You'll just you have to trust. You can take that either way, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Our final question for this segment is... What is the sexiest item you own? That I would say or that my husband would say. So he would probably say, and this isn't this isn't gonna be that exciting. He would probably say a nightgown because I'm known to sleep in an old t-shirt and and like boxer shorts, old school style. So I actually own a nightgown now. So there you go. And it's it's a tank and everything. Ooh, it's a little lace on it. You, let's not get that crazy. Okay, okay, okay. We're, 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 getting, we're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting we're there. We're getting there. We got a little tank. <laughs> yeah. We love it. Thank you for sharing. We love it. We love it. 
I'm going to pass it over to Dom for the sentence completions now. Okay. All right. So our first sentence completion. One question or topic I wish people asked me about more often is... You have stumped me. You have stumped wow. me. Wow. Okay. I guess that question, so I was prepared. Oh. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm going to think. I'm going to think on that. I'm going to come back when al- you don't expect it. There we go. We can always we can always come <laughs> back to it. No worries. That is like a... It's like, huh. That's a tough one to answer. So we'll yeah, how would you that. guys? How would you guys answer that question? Honestly, Don, you probably I'm know my journalist. answer already. I'm, I know, I'm right? That's a journalist right there, Don. What would your yeah. answer be? <laughs> Ooh, it's a hard one. A, it is a hard one. Huh? We I'm ask just, this question all the time, and I hadn't do. thought about it for myself. Huh? Okay, I'm going to just turn it over to you, Terry. I was going to say, Dom, this is not going to come as a surprise to you, and we do not have to dig any deeper. We're going to go right into Clotilla's next sentence completion, but mine would be death in the afterlife. That is a topic that I feel like people don't talk about a lot, and I'm like, let's talk about it. So Mm. we'll save that for another episode, lady. But, oh, go ahead, Clotilla. Well, but I thought you said, what's a question that somebody doesn't ask me versus a topic? Is it a question or topic? Question or topic? Do you have a topic? Okay, see, I still don't have an answer. (laughs) It's all good. We'll come. We'll come back to it. That's all good. That's fun though. Yes. Even if you want to like email us after the interview, like, hey, I thought of something. Yeah, we're down for that too. I will. (laughs) Okay, you guys can add that in later. This last one's going to be pretty fun. So this one is what I love most about myself is. My hair. And I would say that was a bit of a, uh, not necessarily a long journey, but a bit of a journey. And I was so, so, so happy. This reminded me of this. I was talking to my my daughter recently. You read this book, Dear Girl. And it's a bunch of affirmations and things like, Dear Girl, it's okay to draw outside the line sometimes. Listen to your brave side. There's this one page that says, look in the mirror and name one Thing just about you that you love or that you're proud of. I'm not saying the words exactly right, but something like that. And she said her hair. And I just, because she goes to a school where she is not in the majority. And I remember her first day, her first picture day, actually, she came home. She said she didn't look that cute. And that's not language that she ever used. And it broke my heart. And she she talked about later how the one other Black girl in her class had her hair looked different that day because she had strained her hair that day. And so whereas her mirror looked different that day, she equated that with cute and so we, I talked to my hairdresser. I was like, we got to do something. I'm not, I, I can braid kind of, but I'm not that good. So she started braiding her hair. She, she found the puff that she likes. And, and that was probably four or five years ago. And now she rocks her puff. She loves it. And so the fact that she said her hair, I'm going to plus one on that, my hair. That's a long answer, but my hair. We love that though. That is a perfect answer. Okay. So Clotilde, we have yes. three photos pulled up of you on the break okay. on the big screen that we're gonna share. I feel like this okay. is the part that gets people the most nervous. They're like, what did they I find? Know. Right. Dun, dun, dun. right. 
Right. So what we want you to do is choose a number out of one and three, and then we'll reveal the, reveal the photo. And then okay. we'd love for you to provide more context. So what number do you choose? Three. All right. I was hoping you'd choose this one. This is Uh-oh. a lovely, lovely photo. So what we want to do, Clotilde, is we have some folks that will only be tuning into the audio. So if yeah. you can describe the photo and then give more context, that would be amazing. Are you able to see oh. the photo? <laughs> yes. Okay, cool. Perfect. So I've talked a lot about my my grandmother in this conversation. I should say her name was Clotilde or is Clotilde Wade. And so I was named after her. We were very close. She died when she was 98 years old, about two Oh, about three years ago now. And she just had such great style, such great style. She was old school, don't leave the house without the rouge, the high heels, and dressed, dressed all the time. And so when I saw this jacket, it just reminded me of her, it reminded me of something that she would wear. She had a lot of clothes that she kept over decades, things that came back in style that she would wear. And this just reminded me of her. I'm, I'm not sure she would have liked the scales, but I was I was really feeling myself when I bought this and when I wore it. And then my my daughter tried to bring me down a little bit by telling me I look like a dinosaur because it's got these like kind of scale like things on the arm. And I told her, "Don't you worry, I'll save this for you. I exactly. will save this for you. One a nice day you're gonna like heirloom. it." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. They love to yes. humble us, right? They love they to do. humble yes, us. They, they do. do. I was Lord. like, I'm not falling for your shade. I'm not falling okay. for it. <laughs> but yeah, that is that is a Tarje special. Yeah, we love us in Tarje. That Tarjay. is such a sweet. Yes, that's such a sweet story and context behind that photo. Thank you so much for playing with us and being down to indulge in OU Blatchett. You did it. I did it. I was scared, though. I tell you, I'm still going to be thinking about that question. That question. Feel free to shoot us an email. We are always open for that. Now we'll dive back into some of these interview questions that we have for you. Yeah. So our next question is, you know, you talked about your North Star currently being writing children's books, right? So tell us, how did you get your start? Because I mean, producer on the Oprah Winfrey show, working for President Obama's re-election campaign and children's book author. How I know, right? How did you, uh, yeah, explain that connection. We know there's a connection. I definitely don't follow a line, a straight line. Well, I'll tell you, I believe that, and, and this goes back to one of your earlier questions when you asked about, about timing and, and whatnot. And what I'll say for me, this was back in March 2018. For years now, I've gotten the Sunday New York Times. I like, I like the hard copy. I like flipping through the hard copy, but I have a nearly seven and eight-year-old. So there were many weeks where it would stay in the blue wrapper. And if we got to Sunday and I didn't open it, sadly, the whole thing would go because I'd only give it a week. The whole thing would then go in recycling. Sometimes I would get through one section. Sometimes that was the style section. Sometimes that was the front page. You never know what it was going to be, but I still wanted to get it. This one particular Sunday, though, I happened to have enough time to get through the whole paper, including the opinion section. And I came across this piece written by Deneen Milner that in the print copy was called She Wants More Than MLK at Bedtime. I talked about my vision board. I read the whole article and it just spoke to me. It gave word 
to a lot of what I thought and experienced when I had my kids and was looking for books for them. So I cut it out. I wasn't quite sure why I cut it out at the time, but I cut it out, put it on my vision board, vision board I talked about. And I walked past it for a couple of weeks. And then something said to me, I was meant to try and do something about this. Now, I had the time and the to read the paper in its entirety that day. I had the space to receive it. And I had the mental space and time to try and think about what I could do and what I could write. And so I, I started, I sent an email out to friends and family and included the link to the article. And I said, this is what I'm going to try and do. This is why I'm going to try and do it. And I did that because I wanted people to both hold me accountable and also support me along the way and then got started on writing. And in a very full circle, the universe way, the stories, my stories, the Stella stories made it to Deneen and she's my publisher. How about it? So the woman who set me on this journey that I did not envision going on even six years ago is now the woman who helped to bring Stella into the world, which is really exciting. That is amazing. Yeah. So amazing. And you are bold and courageous for emailing people when you had that idea because you know people will touch base like, hey, where's that book at? Did you write right? that book? Right? Where are you at with the book? Right. Right. Or here you. she goes again. Here she exactly. goes again. <laughs> That's she goes so amazing. Again. Now, one of the things I wanted to ask you about is, can you talk briefly about like what your theory is on why a lot of these books are centered around specifically race or struggle or like something that's just kind of gloomy when it's like, there's more to us than just that, right? Like we know you're coming in to solve that, but why do you think that's the case now? Well, so let me say a couple of things. Number one, I feel it's really important for me to say and put out there a thousand times. I believe that there's a space and a need for those books. I have a lot of them in my home. I want my children to know our history. I want them to know and celebrate Black excellence. Yes, yes, and yes. I also think that it's important for them to see themselves in books that are not primarily about struggle or about race or about difference, but about being a kid about just being a kid and just purely about joy. I think that we have room to grow in terms of the publishing industry recognizing that as well. I think that oftentimes the books that are about struggle or about overcoming or are about our history, they they do better. They do they're they're greenlit, they do better. I shouldn't say they do better in terms of they always sell better, but I think that that is a box that they're, they, they are more used to checking. But we need more. We need more for my kids, and we need more for kids that don't look like mine to see a fellow adventurer that may not look like them, but is just like them. You know, I was really interested with the second book, I'm not sure if you've seen the cover still in the missing still in the mystery of the missing tooth. I should get it off my shelf. But well, I was really interested to see the reaction from kids. So I was in Atlanta doing the, the launch event and I went to three schools. The first two schools 
the, the student body was diverse, but primarily white, or the first and third school, the second school, primarily black audience. And I was interested to see the different reactions because the, the tooth fairy is a black tooth fairy. I wanted to see if anybody said anything. Guess what? They didn't. All they said was, there's the tooth fairy. There's the tooth fairy. And that, that is something. That is something. I got a note from a mom who said, oh my gosh, these, my kids love this book and they got to see a black tooth fairy. I mean, Lynn Gaines, what she did with that image, it seems like a small thing, but it's not. It's not. It's important for our kids and it's important for others too. So you hit the nail on the head. What you really talked about was just the balance of both. Like it is important to have those and we do have an abundance of the struggle and, you know, stories about race, but you wanted to present something different about belonging and joy. And that's, that's beautiful. And I did pull up the image of Stella and the mystery of the missing tooth. And there we have our black tooth fairy. When have we ever seen that? That's amazing. (laughs) She did a great job. She did a great, great job. So amazing. Yes, yes. And so speaking of Stella and the mystery of the missing tooth, tell us more about this book and tell us about your typical writing process. Like, are there any special routines or rituals that kind of help you get your creative juices flowing? Juices flowing. Yes. Okay. Well, so I'll tell you about Stella and the Mystery of the Missing Tooth and Stella Keeps the Sun Up. So Stella and the Mystery of the Missing Tooth, that is about Stella and her best best friend, Roger, who is this like hippopotamus who is very real to her, but not necessarily to other people. And in this book, they are on a quest to find their other friend, Owen's tooth. He lost his tooth and they're like, what? How do you lose a tooth? And so they go on this adventure to try and find the tooth only to kind of get the lesson of how it all works in terms of once your tooth falls out, it means you're ready for this transition to get your your next tooth. And in the spirit of kid logic, which we try to do with the Stella stories, you know, she's like, okay, then that means that I'm an adult. Adult tooth, adult, okay, I get to make the rules. There we go. And so it's a lot, it's been a lot of fun talking to to kids and reading the story. I have realized I need to to learn even more fun facts about teeth. They get a lot of questions about teeth, adult teeth animal teeth. I mean, I've learned a lot of facts. I can tell you giraffes, they don't have teeth on the top. I can tell you rabbits, their teeth never stop growing. You can tell a dolphin's age by their teeth. Yeah. I've learned a lot about teeth, a lot about teeth. So that's been a lot of fun. And then the first book, Stella Stella Keeps the Sun Up is about Stella and her friend Roger, who think that they're six years old now. And so naturally, they don't need to sleep anymore. As you saw yourself, the sleep struggle is real in my house. And so they decide, all right, well, if we have to go to bed when it gets dark, then all we need to do is keep the sun up. Then we won't ever have to go to sleep. Spoiler alert, they realize that actually sleep is a good thing. If for no other reason, there are kids on the other side of the world who are waiting to start their day. So try to get a bit of a lesson in there, but nothing too obvious. I know from my own house, my son is super skeptical of the lesson books. Like he is known to say, is this one of those lesson books? So if they're too obvious, he, nope, done, don't want anymore. So I got to sneak it in and be, be sneaky with it. 
Ooh, and he's almost seven and he's already like, mm, I don't know. Yeah. About- Go ahead. Yeah, he, he came out skeptical. My husband and I joke around that both of our kids came into the world in a way that is consistent with their personalities. My daughter shot out screaming. My son is like, I don't know. He was late. Just like, and he has been like that since the day he arrived. That is hilarious. Now, we have to know what does Stella think about this book series because she is really I mean her name is I don't know if you use the image the image well I mean she she would love that question because this is what I say the the stories they are inspired by both of my children they are inspired by both but she will be quick to say but it's my name it is my name and so one of the questions that I get a lot including by Jackson is when will the Jackson books be ready so I need to get on that real fast real fast as far as my process I try and write at night once the kids go down I try and get the computer out and I also keep with me in my different bags like small little notebooks so if ideas come to me I write them down because I'm 44 right now, soon to be 45. I cannot count on remembering what that idea was. So got to write it down so I don't forget. We totally understand. And we love that. It is what it is. Yes. (laughs) And so we're going to come back and, you know, we're going to advocate for Jackson. And so we want to know, not only... Are there plans to have books that feature Jackson? And and then what is the future for the Stella series? Yes. Yeah, so let me, let me say it here. I've said it to Jackson. I, I will do everything I can. In fact, I should put on my vision board just Jackson. I should just put Jackson on my board. So I will do that. Thank you. I will do that. He will appreciate it. He will. He will send you a picture. So I will do that for sure. For the Stella series, we'll have at least two more books. So they have committed to at least four books in the series. So that's really exciting. So we'll have at least four. And I believe that this is the beginning. I believe that there is really opportunity for animation. I believe that there's opportunity for, for product. And this is, again, that example of like just putting it out there. Just put it out there because why not? I believe it, so I'm going to put it out there and I'm going to say it, and we'll see. There, there are no official plans. I just believe that that can happen. And then the Jackson series as well, so we'll see. We'll see. Well, we, we are visionaries over here, Clotilde, so we are seeing the animated series, the coloring book, the there game, okay, the animated games for kids coming out, the app, all that good stuff. We are here for it. We're supporting you. And Clotilde, what would you want to tell parents, because we have so many Black women and men and people from all across the globe that are tuning into the podcast, what would you want to share with them about the book series and really why they should support, like what, what's the importance of supporting and also how they can support you and go out and get the Stella series? Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that question. You know, as odd as this may sound, this isn't about me. This isn't about me. I hope that people will consider supporting this series because as much as I wanted my kids 
to be able to see themselves in books. I also really want to show that there's a market for these kinds of books, because when we do that, then that means there will be more, not necessarily by me, but by the next author who will have an easier time having that project greenlit because they will see that there are sales. They will see that there's a market for this. And so that is a reason. Support books like Stella, as well as the wonderful books that are out there talking about our history. We need to, as much as we can, lean into our joy because this world, if we let it, it is dark. There are a lot of lessons that we can learn about leaning into our imagination, leaning into our joy, and celebrating our kids. We love that. Yes, yes. A big advocate of, yes, finding your joy. And so... Kulta, where can folks find the Stella series? And if our listeners, because our listeners like to show up and support, so where can they find the Stella series and where can they find you? Ah, great. Okay. So they can find the Stella series where books are sold. So it's available at a lot of independent bookstores. So if you have an independent bookstore in your community, Go there, please support our booksellers. Hopefully your city has a Black-owned bookshop. Please support, support, support. The book is also being sold at Barnes & Noble. It's available at select Target stores, select Kohl's stores, Amazon. So it is out there. It is available. It's available to buy. And then because of of the book, I did also get on on social media. So I got an Instagram page where you got that that photo. And I tried to update things there and, and do school readings and things like that. So follow me, join me on this on this journey. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, y'all. The book is out here everywhere you can get your books. So go support, get the books, follow Clotilde. Anything else that you want to share before we wrap up? I just want to say thank you for all you do to celebrate our joy. And like you said, we, we, we don't just check one box. We can check 10 boxes at one time. So thanks for, for celebrating all of us and all that we are. And look out for an email for me answering that one question that I'm still thinking about. We will be waiting. We cannot wait to see the answer. (laughs) Thank you so much, Clotilde. This was amazing. Thank you. Thank you. And have a wonderful night. You too, lady. You too. Hey, lady. It's Dr. Dom here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. Are you currently a resident of the state of California and contemplating starting your therapy journey? Well, if so, Please reach out to me at drdominiquebroussard.com. That's D R D O M I N I Q U E B R O U S S A R D.com to schedule a free 15 minute consultation. I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for joining us today. Please note, that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, 
please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HerSpacePodcast. Or check out our website at HerSpacePodcast.com. And before we meet again, repeat after me. I attract abundance and prosperity with ease.